Welcome to the home of the blessed people, and here is our host pastor, Pastor Dayo Ademo. I am who you say I am, Lord. We give you the glory and praise. We ask you to anoint your word this morning. Let it come like a guided missile into every area of our lives. Speak a word in season like apple of gold in the picture of silver. Cause our lives never to remain the same after this encounter. Let your word go into every area of our lives that needs a lift, that needs a shift, that needs a word in season like apple of gold in the picture of silver. Lord, let there be a change and a transformation. Cause our lives to never remain the same after this encounter. Let the blessings be ours. Let the glory be yours. And Lord God of heavens, we speak over the nations that this word in the name of Jesus will transform lives, will transform destinies, will cause lives to take their place in the scheme of things in the name of Jesus. Thank you because you are the restorer of the bridge. You are the joy to many generations. King of glory, thank you, Father, for today that our lives will never remain the same as you restore things back for us. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. You are welcome once again to this morning's message. We want to thank God for this month. It's our month of restoration. God had known things ahead of time and is restoring. He has, he's sending a word in season to us like apple of gold in the picture of silver to restore things back for us personally to restore things back for us corporately, to restore things back for us as a family, to restore things back for us as a nation. The God that you and I serve, ladies and gentlemen, is a God of restoration. And in this month of restoration, he has prepared a word ahead of us to see to it that things be restored even unto us as a people of God in the name of Jesus. It is important for you and I to know that the God we serve is a God who restores. He's a God who is interested in restoring things. He's a God that is in his nature and in his character to restore things. We all need to know and understand that God restores. What does it mean to restore? Restoration simply means to put back something to its original state. To put back something to its original state. To put back something to the way it was designed, to put back things the way it was designed to function. That's what it simply means to restore, to put things back to its original state. He restores. God, throughout the Bible, you can see his nature and character. He restores. He restores wealth from those it has been taken away from. He restores health. He restores posterity. He restores prosperity. He restores the future. He restores children. He restores husbands. He restores families. He restores wives. He restores, he restores dignity. He restores honor. He restores marriages. He restores finances. No matter what an individual, a family, a nation has lost, God of Israel, the almighty God, has the capacity and capability to restore. He's known as, in the Hebrew language, as El Yashim. El Yashim. 
He means that the God that restores, El Yashiv, he restores. He's a restorer. It's in his nature to restore. It's in his character to restore. He restores things and makes things beautiful. I see him restore you this month. I see you restore your, you as an individual. I see him restore you as a nation. I see him restore you as a family. I see him restore things back unto you in the mighty name of Jesus. No matter what the year, the cankerworm, the caterpillar, pillars have eaten, no matter what COVID-19 has taken away from you, there are people today that you are so worried about your business, you are so worried about that contract you just secured, you are worried about the new job you just signed on, you are worried about a lot of things. I say the God of restoration will restore back to you in the name of Jesus. Whatever the enemy thinks he has taken, no way the God of restoration will restore back to you this month in the name of Jesus. The whole world today has suffered some sort of setback. Companies have suffered setbacks. Nations have suffered setbacks. In fact, some nations of the world that were just picking up their economy, that the economy was just smiling back at them again. They don't even know what words to use to describe this period anymore. I am saying to you, we serve a God that restores. It's important for you to know that he restores. It's important for you to know that he will restore. It's important for you to know that he's a restorer of the breach and a joy to many generations. Glory be to God. The world is saying that can things return back to normal. On the news yesterday, that was what was on the news. Can things go back to normal? And if it can, when is it going back to normal? I'm here to let you know the God we serve is able to restore. Things will go back to normal. Whatever that normal is, it will go back to it in Jesus' name. Be confident. Be confident. Be confident that he will restore. It's his nature to restore. I bring a word of hope for you this morning. I bring a word of hope for you today. That he's not a man that would lie. He's not the son of man that would repent. Has he said it? Will he not do it? Has he spoken? Will he not bring it to pass? I want you to say it loud. From wherever you are watch, watching, that my God will restore all things. My God will restore all things. In the name of Jesus. God had known about your case a long time ago. He had known about COVID-19. COVID-19 may be a surprise for humanity, but it's no surprise for divinity. It's no surprise to the God we serve. He had put provision for restoration in place a long time ago. He had put provision for restoration because that is the nature of God. God always restores. God restores. That is his nature. I'm going to show you in the scriptures today. That before this ever showed up, because of the nature of God, because of the God that you and I serve, that he had always put restoration in place, I'm too sure that he's restoring you this month in the name of Jesus. Before the foundation of the world, he had you in mind. Before you were ever born, he knew about this time. He had made provision for restoration of man, even before the foundation of the world. Look at man, look at, look at the way God behaves. 
He says he, he goes to the very he finishes a thing and he goes to the very beginning. And when he comes to the beginning, he starts again what he has already finished. He knew about this. How do I know that he knew about it? Look at the plan of man. Look at when he created man in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27 makes us to understand. He created man in his image and after his likeness. He created man to look like him and to function like him. But when we got to Genesis chapter 3, man failed. Man committed high treason. And the Bible makes us to understand that man was cursed. From Genesis 3.14, the curse began. He cursed the serpent, he cursed woman, he cursed man. And ever since then, the plan of restoration in Genesis 3.14, the plan of redemption was put in place. But that was when it was revealed to the world that there was a plan for redemption. But if you go further in Revelation chapter 5, Revelation chapter 5 verse 12, the Bible says, what is the lamb that was slain? When? When was this lamb slain? Revelation 13, 8 says, what is the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth? So that means before God created man, before God, when God had the idea of man already in his heart, Originally, before the earth was formed, he knew in his foreknowledge that man could make a mistake, that man could, would commit high treason. And before man came, he knew that he would commit high treason, but at the same time, God had put in place a plan to restore man back. How can you beat the foreknowledge of God? How can you beat the restoration plan of God? God is so awesome that he had accommodated his error. He has accommodated his mistake. He had put in plans, a, a contingency plan, to put things back. That's what it means to restore. To put things back in place, even before the thing ever occurred. There was a contingency plan. There was a restoration plan. So that is why I know this COVID-19, God has got a restoration plan in mind for you as an individual, for your family as a collective body, for the nation, for the city. He has got a plan. Please say after me, God has got a plan for me, a plan of restoration. If the whole ultimate restoration of humanity, the ultimate restoration to put man back into the image and the likeness of God. Because man lost that position. Man lost that privilege, the right and the position to be in the image and in the likeness of God. He was stripped of honor and dignity. He lost his place, spiritually speaking. In fact, man died spiritually from that moment. But God had a plan to restore man. So if God had a plan, for the ultimate restoration of humanity, how much more the COVID-19? How much more that setback you suffered in your place of work? How much, that, how much more that setback you are suffering in your home or in your family or in your marriage or in the life of your children? There is no setback that can set your God back. He 
has got a plan in place. I want you to receive this word with every fiber on the inside of you that restoration is coming my way in the name of Jesus. If you believe that, say good amen. Provision had been made to man to restore him ultimately. That is why I want to read this scripture for you. 1 Corinthians 2, 7 to 10. God's secret wisdom was already in place. That is why the Bible says, if the king of this world had known, if the princes had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. They did not know a restoration plan was in place. Which none, <laughs> glory be to God, which none of the princes of this world had known. Two seven. Let's start from seven, please. Let's start from seven. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Another translation says in a secret. Even the hidden wisdom. You see, hidden wisdom, secret wisdom. <laughs> they did not know that God has a plan, a restoration plan. What was it? Which God ordained before the world unto our glory. This plan was in place. Oh, glory be to God. The secret wisdom. See, in verse 8, he now pointed out, which none of the princes of this world knew. The devil inclusive. If the devil knew, he would have told the princes of this world. But he didn't know. It was in the original heart of God to restore humanity. Despite failure. God has got a restoration plan for somebody this morning. I said restoration is part of God's plan for me in the name of Jesus. Oh, because there is no temptation that is not common to man. He said with that temptation, he will make a way of escape. God has examined the situation. He has examined the circumstance. He has seen it even before it showed up. He knew it before the foundation of the world that even if you make that mistake, ladies and gentlemen, the restoration plan is in place. God has got somebody's back this morning. I said, God has got my back. God has got me. God has got my back. It's no surprise to the world. It can be a surprise to the world. It can be a surprise to you, but it's no surprise to the Almighty. He's got your back in the name of Jesus. Ha ha. What, if you are going to look at it from the physical, the most loyal disciple you would say would be Peter. When the Lord Jesus was going, the Lord told him, because of his foreknowledge, he said, before the cock will crow three times, something is going to happen. You are going to deny me. Ah, Peter said, no, that one can't happen. I swear with my life, that one can never happen. Jesus is told him, nevertheless, I have prayed for you. And when you are restored, strengthen your brethren. When you are restored, strengthen. Why did he tell him boldly like that? He had already made provision for his restoration. He made, even when he was being told he was going to make a mistake, he said, never. When they came to arrest the Lord Jesus, let me tell you, the other disciples put their hands in their pocket. Not Peter. He drew out his sword. He said, who have you come to arrest? 
to tell you his passion and his willingness to do anything for his Lord. But how would you believe it's this same guy who will say, I had never seen him before. Even in front of a young girl, he was swearing heaven and earth that I have never seen him before. A man who was on his payroll for three and a half years. A man who he was just a few minutes ago, he was ready to kill for. He was swearing with his whole life. He said, Satan has had a demand on you. You will fail the test, but I have prayed for you. I have put you in my plan. You will be restored. Wow, what a loving father we have. What a loving God we have. Who knows things before they happen, before they occur, and has put a plan in place. Oh, that's the most important thing, man. That God has a plan in place for you to be restored. I want you to lift up your hands wherever you are and just begin to thank God for putting a plan in place. That his plans towards of you are plans of good, not of evil, to give you an expected end and an enviable future. Come on, begin to give him praise. Thank you, Father. For you have a plan in place for me. You will not leave me stranded. You will not leave me down. You will not leave me up, uh, confused. You have a plan for me. And that plan will surely succeed in the name of Jesus. If you believe that, shout a good amen. The Bible says the princes of this world don't know jack about it. They don't know. It's in the foreknowledge of God. God has got a plan. That's why the psalmist could say, rejoice not over me, my enemy, because when I fall, I will rise again. Why will you rise again? God has got a plan. Come on. Announce to two or three people in your household, God has a plan for me. God has a plan for me. God has a plan for me. It's a restoration plan. I will not be denied. I will not be derailed. He will put me back to the place he has created me for. If you believe that, shout a good amen. We just celebrated the resurrection in the past week. The blood has been in place. The princes of this world didn't know. Praise God. That he has prepared, he has, he has provided for my redemption. He has provided for my restoration. Not only was there a redemption plan, there was a restoration plan. And every need and every provision, not only was there a resurrection plan, there was also a restoration plan. So write it down if you are writing at home. So be rest assured, before what needed to be restored, ever occurred, God has a plan in place for it to be restored. That thing that needs to be restored, whether it's your marriage this morning, whether it's your finances, whether it's your business, whether it's your children, whether it's your health, whether it's your wealth, whether it's your posterity, whether it's your prosperity, whether it is disappointments or short doors, whether it's lack of favor, whatever needs to be restored, listen to me this morning. God has a plan in place for it to be restored. Know it, that God is a master planner. He had planned it out for it to be restored, including COVID-19. No matter what COVID-19 has done, the damage it has done on this earth, the God of restoration will put it back even in a better way. 
in the name of Jesus. Announce to yourself, I am sorted. That's why he said in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, there is no temptation taking any man by surprise. Everyone is there, such as is common to man. There is no temptation, it's common. It's common, like COVID-19 now, it's common to everyone. Praise God. But God is faithful, not be, to, be tend, to make you go above what you can handle. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Restoration has been taken care of legally by God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The ultimate restoration has been taken care of. I'm restored to the image and likeness of God. Praise God. And so we'll follow other things that need to be restored. Now, for us, restoration has been taken care of legally by God. We have seen from the word of God that God has a plan to restore any mistake, to restore anything negative, to restore anything that will affect your life negatively. God has a plan in place to restore. Legally, the plan has been put there before the foundation of the world. Glory be to God. But now for us to experience this provision of God, this restoration of God, what must we do? Ladies and gentlemen, you need to participate. The whole premise of the scripture is based on two principles. The whole premise of the scripture is based on two principles. Number one, the principle of divine sovereignty and Secondly, human responsibility. Every package God has in place for you and I is based on this premise, divine sovereignty and human responsibility. Let's do a quick check. For example, salvation. Salvation is settled legally. Jesus had died for the whole world, but it's not everybody that's going to participate in that salvation. So therefore, even though it has been settled legally for everybody in the human race to be saved, you have to participate. Your brother cannot do it for you. Your sister cannot do it for you. Your father cannot do it for you. Your uncle cannot do it for you. Your grandparents can't do it for you. Even your pastor can't do it for you. You personally, according to Romans chapter 10 and verse number 9 and 10, how do I get saved? He said, with the heart, the man believes. I got to believe with my own heart. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So I have to believe in my heart and confess with my mouth. Then the Bible says, I will be saved. I can't borrow my brother's mouth or my sister's mouth. I have to do it myself. That is divine sovereignty and human responsibility. Divine sovereignty is what he has done on the cross, but my human responsibility connects me to what he has done. Then I am saved. Psalm 127 is another scripture to what? Please quickly put Psalm 127 for me. Psalm 127, starting from verse 1, tells you a very interesting thing. He tells you how God works. Praise God. Psalm 127. He says, except the Lord build the house. They labor in vain that built it. Now, divine sovereignty is God that is building the house. But a house is being built, you need laborers. 
He said that if, if the Lord is not involved in the building, those who are building it, they are building in vain. So now, divine sovereignty, God is the one building. Human responsibility, we have to put labor in place. It says, except the Lord keep the city, the watchman wicked but in vain. So there's the Lord that really protects a city. But you have to put watchmen there to watch in the physical. So this is also an insight that it is divine sovereignty and human responsibility. Combination of that gives you the, 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 the anticipated result. Praise the Lord. So we got to understand this. So as healing, name anything God has in a package for us. There is the divine sovereignty part and the human responsibility part. Now, knowing that God has a restoration plan in place, that's divine sovereignty. What is our human responsibility to bring this restoration to our experience, to vital experience? And in the next few minutes, I'm going to share this by giving a prophetic insight into the word of God that was shared by prophet Isaiah. Turn your Bibles to the book of Isaiah 42 and verse 22. I will start from verse 22. Are you being blessed this morning? Is God speaking to you? I'm excited because God is about to release something upon your life and upon your family. Knowing that God has a restoration plan for you is enough revelation that can put the devil hands down and for him to have a running stool. Praise God. Because these are truths the devil don't want you to have. Knowing that God has a plan and you and I by faith, we can lay demand on that plan to be executed in our lives. That plan to come. And that's the connection I want to show you today. He's wanting to know that he has a plan, but how do I bring that plan that is done legally? How do I bring it to a vital experience? How do I bring it to a daily experience? How do I walk in that restoration plan? Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Isaiah 42, 22. It says, but this is a people, talking about the people of God, robbed and spoiled. They are all of them snared in holes and they are hid in prison houses. They are for a prey and not delivered for a spoil and none saith restore. Who among you will give ear to this? Who will hearken to the ear of a time to come? Who, have, who gave Jacob for a spoil and Israel for robbers? Did not the Lord he against whom he have sinned? For they would not walk in his ways, neither were they obedient unto his law. Telling them the reason why they fell into that trap is when it's our disobedience that gets us in trouble. It's our disobedience that takes us out of the way. He said, therefore, he had poured upon him the fury of his anger. Praise the Lord. Now, what's the story here? I want to bring out a principle for you to understand the roadmap to restoration. To bring out your human responsibility to making sure that that divine sovereignty, that legal plan, that restoration plan that God has before the foundation of the world for your life, that before you made any mistake, he had put that plan in place. How do you now bring that plan 
to your experience? How do you see the things that are so-called mistakes in your life or are errors or things that should not be that are being? How do you take it out of the way? How do you use the force of restoration that El Shabon has to take care of everything that is not supposed to be? Listen. Look at the conditions God begins to describe. And you can find yourself in one of these conditions. There are about six conditions in that Isaiah 42, 22. The first condition is that, look at these conditions. Number one, a people robbed and plundered. A people robbed and spoiled. These are all the people of God. A people robbed and plundered. Do you find yourself being robbed? Have you been robbed? Have you been cheated? Colossians 2.8 says, See to it that no man cheats you. See to it that no man cheats you. Have you been cheated? He said this is a people robbed. Robbed of their rights. Robbed of their privileges and position. Taking away, to be robbed means things have been taken from you illegally. Illegally. Things that are not supposed to be taken have been taken away. It was your turn to be promoted. It was taken away from you. It was your turn to have a reward. It was taken away from you. It was your turn to be interviewed. It was taken away from you. It was your turn for that scholarship. It was taken away from you. You are just being robbed. You are being robbed. <coughs> Is it in your health? You are supposed to be healthy. They even asked you in the hospital. They said, is this thing in your family history? It's not there, but why have you been chosen to have it? People robbed. The Bible says, for your sake, he became sick so that you can be healthy. He became poor so that you can be rich. But how come that you are being robbed of your privilege as a child of God, of your right as a child of God? How are you being robbed? Dignity. You have been robbed of dignity. There's no, there's no dignifying moment for you. You've been robbed of authority. We just learned about the authority of a believer. You don't find yourself in any of those things that God says is yours. You've been robbed of years, years that you should have made progress. You are making regress. You've been robbed. You've been plundered. Your influence level is close to zero. You don't have any influence. You've been stripped of your part of destiny. Nothing to show for your salvation. You have been saved for a while, but how many people can you point to that God, by the grace he has placed on you, you have been able to influence somebody to get closer to God? You've been robbed. You've been robbed. No influence. You have been born again for years now, five years. You are, you are tongue-talking. Everything is happening, but, but you have really nothing to show. When pastor says, how many people have you brought to church this year? You, you, you are even almost saying five years ago, to date, you have not brought a soul to the Lord. Where is your influence? You are being robbed. 
You carry eternal life. You carry the grace. You carry the power of God on your inside. The same Jesus living inside your pastor is the same Jesus living on the inside of you. But what have you got to show? You have been robbed. You have been robbed and spoiled. You have been plundered according to scriptures. But I'm saying by the power of God's spirit this morning, restoration is coming your way. If you believe it, say good amen. Look at this condition. Let's move to the second condition. The second condition says all of them are snared in holes. What does it mean to be snared in holes? What does this mean? To be snared in holes means to be afraid. You are always hiding. When they are calling for positions of dignity, one way or the other, you will not be found. Always hiding. It's as if something is covering your glory. It's as if something is covering your star. Praise the Lord. Sometimes in fear, what does it mean to be snared in hope? When you are always hiding in fear. In fear. For example now, this is the time, stay at home, stay at home. This is the time also that you can reach out to people. But you, fear will not let you reach out. Fear will not let you reach out. You are not bold. You are not bold. Living in fear, hiding. Fear of death, fear of being criticized. All manner and all shapes of fear. You have the best message for humanity, but you are still hiding. Who could ever think that a man called Gideon will be the savior of a whole Israel? In fact, when the angel came and said, hey, mighty man of valor, he was looking to the left and right that maybe it's a wrong address. Maybe it's the wrong person they were talking to. Why? He was hiding. He was even doing wine press in the valley. <laughs> yeah, he was doing, he was shiving shaft in the, in the, in the valley. Is it not on the mountaintop when the wind is blowing, that shaft will be blowing? He, because he was hiding. Doing the right thing at the wrong place. Praise God. He was hiding. He was a victim all the time. Praise God. And so on and so forth. Hiding, hiding. He wants to make your head to be down at all times. Not walking with dignity. Yes, you are a virgin. Glory be to God for that. But your head is down because many people are making you to be ashamed of a glorious thing that you have. You have preserved yourself. Calling you the odd one out. Praise God. No protege attached to your life. Can't stand up for right things. Praise God. All snared in holes. All snared in holes. All snared in holes. Hiding. As from today in your life, your glory will not be hidden anymore. Because the restorer of the bridge is coming for you. In the name of Jesus. God has got your restoration plan. You will be restored. In the name of Jesus. Number three. Number three, they are hid in prison. They are hid in prison house. 
They are read in prison houses. Please, all these things are still in uh, Isaiah 42, 22. I hope you are following them. They are hid in prison houses. That's the third condition. They are hid in prison houses. What's a prison house? Prison is like limitation. You are limited on every side. You want to move forward? No way. Sideways? No way. That direction? No, south? No way. East? No way. It just seems that all doors are shut against you. No progress. That's what it means to be hid in prison houses. You cannot exact the gifts of God on the inside of you. The Bible says in Matthew 5, 14 to 16, ye are the light of the world, ye are the salt of the earth. You don't hide, you don't place the light under a bushel. It cannot shine. So you shouldn't be in the prison houses. You should not be there. It's not your destiny. You are a city upon a hill. You cannot be hid, but you are hid in prison houses. Barriers all around, restriction all around, caged, limited. I speak to your life. Today, by the power of restoration, you will be restored back to your place. In the name of Jesus, your life will not be hid anymore. You will not be found in prison houses. You do not belong there. Your destiny is not there. The restorer of the bridge will restore you. He will bring restoration to you, to your life, to your home, to your business, to your career, to your finances, to your health, to your wealth, to every area of your life. The restorer of the bridge will restore store for you in the name of Jesus. Number four, number four is that same verse 22. It says, they are for a prey. They are for a prey. They have become legitimate food for the devil. That is still living under a curse. You are not a prey. You are not for a prey. The power of restoration will restore you. You are for dominion and not to be a prey. In the name of Jesus. Say it loud. I'm no food for the devil. In Genesis chapter 3 verse 14, you remember the curse that came upon humanity? One of the curses is that God cursed, God cursed uh, man and said, from dust you came from and dust you are returning to. And one of the things he told the serpent in Genesis 14, I mean 314, is that the dust of the earth will be its legal food. It's going to be his food. It's going to be his prey. He will eat out of the dust. Out of the dust he will eat. And he said, man, you are going to back to dust. So part of the cause, man naturally became legitimate food for the devil. But in Genesis 5, the Bible says the plan was not slow. Open to Genesis 5. You will see he did not create man that way. He created man in the image and in the likeness of God. So you are the one to choose where you belong. Whether you want to be a prey or you want to be in the likeness of God for dominion. Let's see Genesis 5. Genesis 5 verse 1. It, it agrees with Genesis 1 26. He says, but no, Genesis 5.1, this is the book of generations of Adam. In the day that God created man, in the likeness of God, made he him. In the likeness of who? In the likeness of God. In the day he created man, he made him in the likeness of God. He made him to look like him and function like him. Genesis 1.26 said he made him in his image and his likeness. But the cause reduced man to dust. And when you remain in the cause, you become a legitimate food for the devil. 
And I want you to say it with every fiber inside of you. Because you are no food for the devil. I'm no longer under the curse. I've been blessed. The blessings of Abraham are mine. I'm created in the image and in the likeness of God. Devil cannot have you anymore. Why? Because you are created in his image. You are created in his image. You are created in his image. Glory be to God. Number five, let us look at the fifth condition. Fifth condition today. Because, you see, just before we go to five, I want to quickly tell you something. One of the reasons why you will be, I mean, somebody is a prey, is because he doesn't have the image of who he is. Identity crisis. Identity crisis. And I believe God is going to restore your identity today. He's going to restore it. Sometimes we forget what manner of persons we are. You know, the Bible says when you look at the mirror and you leave, it said those who are forgetful hear us. What happens to them? They forget the manner of person they are. You must understand your image. That you are created in the image of God. Praise God. Number one. Self-image. You must have a good self-image of yourself. What's the self-image you must have? You must see yourself the same way God sees you. Self-image. How do you see yourself? I am created in the image of God. I look like God and I function like God. You must have a good image of that. Number two, you must have good self-worth. What is self-worth? Self-worth is the value you put on the image you have on your inside. Some people don't have good, they don't have self-worth. There's no value. They don't value themselves. Don't let, don't, 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 don't become that. That is not who you are. I mean, you have the image of the Almighty. You have the creator of the whole universe living on the inside of you. Come on, put value on yourself, ladies and gentlemen. Put the right value. Nobody can put a price on you. You have value. I mean, your, your value is beyond what rupees can buy. You are beyond money. The image you carry is peculiar. Hallelujah. And the last one I want to tell you about is self-esteem. Esteem is how you feel about the image you carry on the inside. Many people have low self-esteem. You are walking around, you feel you are nothing, you are nothing, everything, the, the world is rejecting you, you have rejected yourself. No, that's not the plan of God for your life. You must have self-esteem, a good self-esteem. I am no food for the devil. Say it one more time. I am no food for the devil. Is when we have distorted image of ourselves. That is when we begin to behave and act like a prey that the devil is for. I'm no food for the devil. Come on, broaden your shoulders, walk tall, walk high. Because of the image you carry. Don't forget, you need a good self-image, good self-worth. Self-image is the image of the person you have on the inside of you. Self-worth is the value. You are put on that image, and self-esteem is how you feel about that image. You must feel good. I feel good because the king of glory is living on my inside. I feel good about it. Don't you feel good about that? I feel good. 
Hallelujah. Nothing should make me sad. That is why I can never be depressed. And no apologies to anybody on that. Never be depressed. Why? What would bring depression? If I am feeling it, it means I have a distorted image. Let me go and check the mirror of God's word again. Amen? Depression should be far from your tabernacle, a child of God. You are the one to be infecting and affecting people who have depression. They see you, the light bulb in their lives must come up. Praise God. That's why I encourage Christians, don't look wrong. Is something wrong? They're uh -huh. looking wrong. That's why they're asking. Praise God. Praise God. Number five, the fifth condition. He says there are non-deliverance. No deliverance. There is no deliverance. No deliverance. How can you be a child of God? And there is no deliverance for you. What does it mean to be no deliverance? You have been under addiction in your own life. But it seems that addiction will not go. Sexual addiction, drug addiction, bad habits, health conditions that are demonic, ancestral curses, lineage spirits, tormenting. I know this should not be there for new creation, guys. I understand that. But people are experiencing this. Maybe you still cheat. Maybe you still curse. Maybe you still lie. You got it. The Bible says non-deliverance. No deliverance. You've cried. You've done all you could. But I've got good news for you this morning. The God of restoration will restore you. I said the God of restoration will restore you. But how will he do it? Look at that same verse 22. He says, and none saith restore. Why? Why are these five conditions like that? It's because of this last statement. That no one, no one, including yourself, is saying restore. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the key we have been waiting for. How do we connect to the restoration plan of God? We got to say restore. Because the plan is in place, it's with our mouth we will give life to the restoration. This is how we participate with the restoration of God. Because that plan is in place, we are going to call it forth so that it can be. The Bible says in Romans 4, 17, calling those things that be not as though they are. That's the power. In the realm of the spirit, words are powerful. Jesus said, the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. The Bible says in Proverbs 18, the power of life and death is in the tongue. He said, we, Revelations 12, 11, we, we, all of us in the new creation, we have overcome him, who? The devil. By the blood of the lamb, what was done legally for us by Jesus and by the words of our own testimony. Testimony means to testify, to say the same thing as what happened. 
What happened? Restored. What happened? He has restored me. What happened? Restore. So by what the blood of the lamb has accomplished legally, and by the words I speak, I have overcome. And I see you overcome in the name of Jesus. Verse 25 was saying, first, um, Isaiah 42, 25 was saying, how we got ourselves into this hole. He said we got ourselves into this position. No matter the condition you are going through, you got there because of these two reasons. Number one, you need to walk in his ways. Maybe you strayed. You walked out of his ways. You know, your, the ways of God is important. Whenever the children of Israel missed it, it was because they felt the ways of God were not their ways. They felt the ways of God are strange. They said, Moses, you can go and listen to him. We will do it the way we want. That's why the Bible says he revealed his acts to the children of Israel, but his ways to Moses. You need to learn to walk in the ways of God. The ways of God may not be palatable to you. Stick to his ways. The ways of God may not flow with your, with your, with your senses and with your domain and with the way you want things done. Because for some of us, it's either your way or the highway. Even when God is giving you instructions, you put a plug in your ears. You say, let him do it. I will still do it my way. Ways. Number two, obedience to his words. When instructions come from his word, learn to obey it. Cultivate the habit of obeying. And if you haven't been doing this, it's simple. Just repent. Turn away. Let your ways be my way, Lord. In the name of Jesus. So the principle behind restoration is to say. There's another principle I wanted to share, but time will not permit me today. That's the principle of sowing seeds of rest, restitution or restoration itself. The Bible often says, if you have cheated someone in times past, go and mend ways with that person. If you have cheated somebody in times past, go and mend ways. If you have stolen, go and return. If you, have, if you have illegally taken away from somebody in times past, go and give back. Jesus demonstrated that spirit when he was talking to Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus already knew what to do. He said, people I have squeezed their hands to take from, I will give back to them. That's another principle. Restitution is called. Learn to, learn to do this. Sow seeds of restoration. A lot of us want restoration from God, but there are people in our own vicinity that we ought to restore back to. Praise God. I said, praise God. I won't dwell on that for too long. Because, in fact, right now as I'm preaching, a word of knowledge is coming forth. There is somebody listening to this broadcast. You are a couple. You, you have done something prior to you marrying your husband. I mean, for you marrying your spouse. And, and you, you felt, oh, it's covered in the blood. You felt uh, it's gone. But the Lord is sending a word right now. You know you ought to confess this to your spouse. Confess it because there is a danger coming up. 
If you do not, it's, it's going to make that marriage go down. And there is somebody also, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, along the same side of marriage, there's somebody also you've been wondering what has been making your marriage not to work. You have tried everything, but it seems there's still a struggle. There's still something going on there. The Lord says, it is you to do a restoration. It is you, it is for you to confess that negative happening in the past that you have not opened up your marriage to. Praise God. And I see the Lord God of Israel set that marriage free in the name of Jesus. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. We have overcome by the blood of a lamb and by the word of our testimony. So what are we to say? We are to say those seven-lettered word, restore. Restore. The major key is to stay restored. Now, I gave you some conditions, five of them. I want you this week to make a list. I don't know which category you belong to, but make a list of things that ought to be restored in your life as an individual. Make a list this week, in this month of restoration, every area of your life that needs to be restored. It's an assignment I'm giving you. Make a list in every area of your lives, things that need to be marked out for correction, that this should not be, this should not be in my life, this should not be in my home, this should not be in my marriage, this should not be in my business, this should not be in my finances, this should not be in my walk with God, this should not be in my assignment in the kingdom. Whatever should not be, may Make a list of it because the God of restoration is about to visit you like never before. I want you to mark it for correction. Be it your marriage, be it your finances, be it your health, be it your projects, be it your future, be it goods in your life, be it favor, praise God, dignity, praise the Lord, favor, God's arrangement for your life. For doors to be open, but you're experiencing closed doors. Praise God. Opportunities are not coming. That's not the promise of God. Opportunities should be coming. Praise God. So take care of it. Has favor been stripped away from your life? Praise God. He said he gave his own son, Jesus, favor before God and favor before men. You should have favor in the two faces. What's happening? Are you enjoying the favor of God to the degree you ought to enjoy it or not? The God of restoration will restore that favor in the name of Jesus. Now, you need to begin to speak restore. You see what the scripture says. He said, all these things are happening to the children of Israel because none say it restore. Nobody is speaking restoration. Nobody is decreeing it. Nobody is making a demand. Nobody is declaring it. You are the first prophet of your life. It is time to take the bull by the horn and start prophesying, declaring, demanding, speaking restoration over your destiny. Are you listening to me? Now you are going to do that. You see, David knew there was a plan of restoration. That was why he told God in Psalm 51 verse 12, restore unto me the joy of salvation. 
he laid a demand on the plan of restoration of God for his salvation. He wasn't happy anymore. Things were not falling. The Bible says his boundary lines were supposed to fall on pleasant places. Things were not falling on pleasant places for him anymore. Then he said, no. He cried unto God, restore to me the joy of my salvation. In Joel chapter 2 verse 25, he said, I will restore unto you the years, the canker worm and the caterpillar has eaten. There's nothing the enemy has taken away from you illegally that God cannot restore. I want you to stand on your feet wherever you are and let's begin to call on the God of restoration together. First of all, I want you to thank God for today that you have received a word like this in due season, like apple of gold in the picture of silver. I want you to begin to talk to the Messiah, to your king, to your restorer. The one that will restore all things. Hallelujah. Restoration. Thank him for his restoration plan. Before you found yourself in this situation or circumstance or whatever you are passing through, God had known about it and the restoration plan is in place. Thank him for that restoration plan. Thank him for the power of restoration. Thank him for power to restore you in the name of Jesus. Come on, begin to thank God. The power is available to restore. Thank you, Father, because I'm going to enjoy restoration. In this month of restoration, things will be restored back. Thank you, Father. My marriage, my finances, my business, Lord, my ministry, Lord, my children, Lord, in every facet of my life, projects I'm handling, projects I'm doing. Thank you, Father, for grace, for restoration. My health will be restored. My health will be restored. My wealth will be restored. Come on, call on the God of restoration today. Begin to thank him because you are in for a great time. You are in for a good time. Your dignity that has been stripped off. Come on, your privileges, your rights, your positions in Christ. Lay a demand that the God of restoration will restore things back. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening. We hope you have been blessed by the word today. Please join our services live every Sunday, 9 a.m. and 10.45 a.m. and Bible study every Friday, 7 p.m. at 95 Church Street, St. Catharines. We hope you have a wonderful week ahead and God bless you.